everybody. I'm Tom. And I'm Paddy. And welcome to Underplayed or Overrated. We are here once again, bringing you another, I guess, classic album. This one's definitely a classic, I think. Yes, I would say so. Um, the Smiths. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. The Queen is Dead um, by The Smiths. I do have notes. They were They were like... You know, thirty-five years early. Um, I think so. Yeah, like no, can... as in with the the, the album title. Ah, yeah. Sorry, I thought you were getting into it. I was like, oh yeah, let's go, let's go, let's talk about. Uh, no, I do think how, that. How, yeah, they, they are. I think they were ahead of the time. So that's that's. I suppose go into a little bit of background about the Smiths and the album and what. Sure. So. It's a third studio album by the English rock band The Smiths. It was released in, on the 16th of June, 1986, on Rough Trade. Um, and on the 23rd of June, my birthday, in the US, on Sire Records. Um, the album was produced by the singer Morrissey and the guitarist Johnny Marr, working predominantly with engineer Stephen Street, whose name rings a bell, but I don't know where from. Yeah... Um, no, I'm not with you. There, previous yeah. album, Meat is Murder. Ah, uh, so they they worked on the set. Yeah, they was basically the same setup. Yeah, they, they, as, he, as he, he engineered the previous album, Meat yeah. is Murder. So I would say that this is regarded as the best Smiths album. I think it's got the most hits on it. Yeah, obviously. Anyone that's only ever heard this charming man, unfortunately, this, this charming one. man is not on this album. Um, but the only other song that everybody knows by the Smiths is. So, yeah, there you um, go. You've got it's one of the <laughs> other, isn't it? So, and it's on. Oh, and there's also the, the theme tune from Charmed, which is not. On oh, this, really? Which is not on this album either. I, I don't even remember that. I can't. Anyway, we're going to do our first pause. The song I meant was How Soon Is Now, not the Charmed theme tune. It is the Charmed theme tune. Yeah, and I, I didn't know. I'm not a Charmed. But you I'm might not have been, like a Charmed person. It might have sorry. been a cover version. Because I can't imagine Morrissey had signed that off, to be honest. Yeah, so I guess that brings us on a little bit. There's a great segue, Pad. Well done. Um, to probably the reason that the Smiths aren't as, like, highly regarded as they they perhaps could be which is morrissey's a it's dick morrissey and like <laughs> also the press's sort of portrayal of him as to to a degree yeah i but i think I, there's an argument there's definitely an argument that the way he was maligned perhaps as a gay man um made him... he's still never come out you know has he not? No. I thought he was quite obvious he's gay. vehemently asexual he, oh right he okay. says he doesn't like anything all right okay but but the press and also he has overtly homosexual lyrics and a lot of songs like "Real yeah. Around the Fountain" is gay slang for sucking a dude off. Okay, well there we go. So <laughs> effectively, I'm part That's of that media. Album. I'm part of that media wash then, where he's like I say, he he was sort of maligned as like a oh this guy's a bit weird. He's he's gay. Like we're not. And I feel like that might have morphed him and, into the absolute penis. That yeah, he became and he in was later life. very. He's vegan, isn't he? As well, so he is. That's militant. Militant. He had anti, an album called Meat Is Murder. Yeah, before the second album, before this one, 
was called Meat is Murder. And there's a song where it's literally just like sort of animal noises, <laughs> like yeah. at the end, called like an instrumental like on that album. What I would say is that Morrissey and therefore the Smiths are a bit like Marmite, aren't they? You either love Morrissey and the Smiths and you jump to defend him at every opportunity. Yeah. Or you don't like them. So I've, I've written for the same reason I wrote earlier like while I was listening to this like I think Morrissey's reputation puts a lot of people off trying the Smiths and it's a huge shame if you like them usually you really like them and if, yeah otherwise you're probably not bothered because you'd think oh Morrissey's a cunt so. yeah I'm sort of like the I'm, I'm the weird exception to most of these things where I, I can things that people like form cults around generally I'm okay with just like casually liking them yeah like I, I find myself alone in that regard sometimes. So like with the Smiths, like I'm not gonna immediately pick up the Smiths, but their greatest hits record is Oh yeah. So good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have you know there's a so few good. like um I first got into them when I was like sort of I think I were at uni mm-hmm. when I bought it. And I bought early twenties for me. There was a it was actually it's a compilation that we brought out for the US, right? We re-released over here, like remastered, called "The World Won't Listen." That might be the one that I'm thinking. And of. it was like it's like 18 tracks or yeah. something like that, and that's what I got originally on CD. And it's just banger after banger, yeah. And like that's why I like him. And he yeah. had all and th- most of his songs on it, all the good ones. Anyway, I think I think there's a lot of there's like a shit ton with the Smiths of people that think that they're just this charming man. And I think we'd probably be remiss not to mention that song at all. Cause I don't foresee any other Smiths albums making this, this show, unfortunately. No, um, this is what, this is the one, maybe the is, first album. But I, I do think that it would be a little bit of a shame if we didn't just mention how cracking of a song that, that actually is. Um, and, yeah, it's that. But um, it's also one of those things where this that song doesn't really show off what they're probably best at. It's hard to pin down what because I think the the songs are very, a lot of them are very different. Like there's a lot of different, mm-hmm. there's a lot of like um, different styles and different themes, and like some of it is very like punky. And some of it's very, very sort of fifties rock and roll as well. Like yeah. a lot of like fifties and sixties rock and roll. Like that was where Morrissey was coming from, I think. And and Johnny Johnny Moore and Morrissey used to sort of trade and share like sort of Northern Soul and like sixties like bubblegum pop singles. Yeah, yeah. And and that's sort of where they got their like aesthetic and like sort of sensibilities from, as well as Johnny Moore sort of. It says like um, like Iggy Pop and the Stooges and like things like that were a big influence on him as well. Yeah, because just just to sort of give a bit of I guess color around like what genre and stuff they are. It's post punk, right? That's sort of yeah. That's sort of what it is. Post punk. This, this was like the the beginning of post punk though, like mid eighties. Yeah, bands that were doing sort of a punk. It's almost like punk mindset, but without the aggression. Really, that's sort of post punk, isn't it? It's that sort of like, yeah, do it yourself, fuck the, you know, fuck the establishment sort of ideas and do it your own way, but without the shoutiness, without the sort of loud guitars, a bit more melody and a bit more songcraft, really, which 
yeah. is is a great place. I think the last thing I'll say before we get into it, unless you've got anything, is my my preconceptions. I don't like Morrissey, but quite like the Smiths. Hadn't ever hadn't ever really played through their records individually, mm. aside from the greatest hits. Yeah. And then final note. Greatest Hits albums kind of ruin good albums, don't they? Because you end up just going to the Greatest Hits album instead of listening to a good album by a band like Start to Finish, which is something that I'm really enjoying about yeah. doing this, to be honest. And it's um, like I've, I found um, an article that sort of takes you track by track for each one of these, al- each one of these songs. It was on, um, oh, what's the website called? I've probably got it. In my history, so it was today. Yes, I researched this today. Sue me. Uh, what was it? Oh, come on. La la la, la la la, la la la. This might get cut out. It might not. No, it won't. Oh, what? Hashtag no edits. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it, we'll do it live. I'm just trying to find the name of an of the website. While Paddy's uh, <laughs> frantically <laughs> clicking around there. So basically, yeah. So at the time, people were already a little bit sort of down on, on Morrissey as a dude. Um, but that didn't stop people from realizing that this album in particular is pretty pretty special in terms of the music and the, the vocal performances. And I think Morrissey is just renowned for just not being afraid for saying what he's he thinks. says what's on his mind. A lot of the songs on the album are about the record company as yeah. well, which is interesting. Um, I mean, we'll get into it in a minute, but one of the, the lead single on the album was uh, Big Mouth Strikes Again, which is quite possibly directly aimed at himself, I would imagine. He's talking about himself there. He's never. No, he doesn't. He generally doesn't... Um, or is he not? Self-criticise in that way. No. No, I mean, like, as in, he's saying Big no, Mouth normally, Strikes Again as a jab at people oh, yeah, that yeah. were annoyed at yeah, him it's, for it's people, speaking his mind. It's very Alan Partridge-esque in a sense that it's like, needless to say, I, I had the last laugh in a, yeah. lot, in a lot of senses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you found what you're looking for I yet, found it. It was on, on faroutmagazine.co.uk. <laughs> That's it. So if, you, you know, if, you, if you're interested, you can sort of find what we found. And there we go. Cool. We'll, 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 we'll link it. We'll link it. Any, any who's it's. Right. Let's get into this. Sorry for the delay, everyone. If you want to listen along, do what you do. Um, snap that link that's in the description. Should take you to the to the album on Spotify. If you're on Spotify, if you're not on Spotify, what are you doing? Spotify, sponsor us, please. Yeah, you're okay. It's probably also available uh, <laughs> on, on the streaming It is, platforms. yeah, but I'm not, I'm not going to sit there and link to every single streaming platform, Patrick. No, that's fine. That's happen. fair. Okay. Yep. So Let's the, do it. The Queen is Dead is the opening track, title track. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Johnny Marr says, I had an idea to do this, to do that song, to do a song that had the aggression of the Detroit garage bands. Cause I'm a Stooges fan and it influ- it's influenced by the Velvets too. That's how he talks. He means Velvet Underground. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, I, I was just going to say, <laughs> it's, 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 I take it. He means the, Velvet the ultimate try hard, isn't he? Um, <laughs> it's the Smiths does the Stooges does the Velvet Underground. 
So yeah. with with this one, so I said it's like the Smiths. They really like like those songs that are just really middle tempo, yeah, drawn out. Like, do, 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 it's like an atmosphere, isn't it? It's like it sounds like a riot in the eighties. Everybody's yeah. Everybody's like inhaled too many lead petrol fumes and they're like <laughs> knocking yeah. the shit out of each other. Yeah, this. yeah. And this is this is playing in the background. Yeah. So this is this is also, I suppose, an interesting an interesting take is that this sort of time period with the style, the aesthetic, and the music, like this is sort of the start of what ends up becoming like emo. Yeah, like the aesthetic. I, I don't agree. think. I don't think the music. Is I what think ends the music becoming emo. Bit. I think. I think elements of of this bleed into what's going on with like hardcore over in the US, yeah. and then the two together. It was like well, in the US, like, it sort of became big with like they had college rock, didn't they? So it was like music that they'd play on college radio. It was like REM and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, it would like, and of, this would definitely fall yeah, into the same. That's, they got a big sort of audience that way, and that's why that the world won't listen exists because it sort of gave, yeah, the US a primer as to who they were and what they did. Mm-hmm. So, aside from it being sort of long drawn out opener, um, atmospheric. That's what I've sort of said yeah. about this one. Uh, the some of the vocal melodies are, are eerily like tuneless. Like it's like Morrissey yeah, is he's mono, straying, mono, monotone. He, he is straying out of tune on purpose. Mm. That don't don't even think for a second that that's just bad musicianship or bad vocals. Like you you can hear that Morrissey knows how to how to hold a tune. Like this this guy when he doesn't, it's because he doesn't want to. It's not because yeah, yeah, he yeah. can't. Yeah, um, he does it several times on the album, but completely intentional, and it makes it sort of really like eerie to listen to i think in places this song like he's such a lyricist like i know yeah. it, it, this is like why people love him still like this forgive him for stuff because he sort well, of forgive him for it, being a bigger yeah yeah now i mean you can't <laughs> forgive that but like it's like when we did michael jackson it's like art not the artist isn't it yeah you know what i mean and so like, like when he was a younger man he was probably not a racist <laughs> I don't, I don't know. He's not but, dead yet. You like, can't his, slander his, him. His lyric, um. yeah, no. His, his <laughs> lyrics say like is some some sort of notable lyrics. So he says, "So I broke into the palace with a sponge and a rusty spanner." She said, "Hey, I know you, you, and you cannot sing." I said, "That's nothing. You should hear me play piano." And it's like he's like singing about breaking into like the queen's like house yeah. into Buckingham Palace. But I just love the like sense of humor that he sort of has with it all as well. Like it's yeah, so it's like clever. It's, it's so cleverly written. Cheek and yeah, I guess in the way that sort of Alex Turner's regarded for that now, isn't he? Like that really clever wordplay. Yeah, and that's sort of what what made the Arctic Monkeys so big. I think I don't think it was anything. I don't think there's anything else no, that made them the as lyrics. big as they were, other than Alex Turner's lyrics. It's the same here, really. Yeah, I don't think there's anything groundbreaking about the vocals in particular i'll come on to what is great about about the the music but the the vocal he can sing but he's not the best vocalist but his lyrics just make and and that like crooning voice that he he dishes out just make it um mars guitar work though like how someone can take music that's really sort of ambient 
and sort of almost sort of melancholic, but then play like some of the brightest and most like <laughs> sort of uplifting little guitar licks and stuff is just it. That's what the Smiths he, is, isn't he, it? He very, um, very modestly calls it the guitar orchestra. Yeah, because <laughs> he's. He's yeah, essentially he, doing like two guitar parts at once. Like yeah. he'll do like a high bit and the low bit all in the same time. He's even said apparently like some of his stuff that he wrote in the Smiths, he can't play it anymore. So he's not, he's, 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 not, he's not as good as he used to be. Yeah. He's gotten older and he can't do it. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's mad. Like, but that, that is the Smiths though, isn't it? It's the contrast between Morrissey being brooding and quite, I guess, depressing and minor musically and quite, yeah, you know, like bringing things down. But then in the background, it's, it's you've just got bit, like Johnny Marr playing it's like this. It's a bit sweet, isn't it? So many of so many of these songs have that. It's like uplifting music with a melancholy like lyrics. And that's the best, for me, that's always the best stuff is like, oh yeah, like sad, happy sort of stuff. So yeah, I haven't got much else to say on The Queen is Dead, to be honest. Another lyric that I liked. I'll go on. Um, Pass the pub that saps your body, and the church will snatch your money. The Queen is dead, boys, and it's so lonely on a limb. So, it's just, you know, it's just great. It's just, yeah. It's like, it's a, just, it's like a time, it's like a time period, like in, in, in a verse. Like he's like, he's a poet, basically. Yeah, I would say so. I'd say that that's his, he's, he's a poet that, that can just about hold yeah. hold himself up as a as a vocalist just as well. about got enough of a singing yeah. voice to, to um, pull it off frankly mr shankly track two before we go any further this <laughs> is a paul mccartney granny song yeah it is a paul mccartney granny song um, so for anyone yeah for anyone that that hasn't gone back and listened to the abbey road episode right at the back of the beginning of the series the, the second one Go and if you want an explanation of what a Paul McCartney granny song is, go go listen to that because we go into it. But this is a Paul McCartney granny song. Yeah, but way cooler to be fair because Morrissey just seems to make everything. That is something that he does. Like it's like it's just it oozes cool. cool. Yeah, it's like it's like Nirvana. Like it oozes like that oozes cool in a different way. But that's what makes it like you want to be like you want to be him. Well, it's, yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? Because the Nirvana, like, they're both like cool because it's all like fuck you, but in completely different ways. Yeah, like the Smiths go about it in a, a much gentler way, but the message is still quite. I think fuck you. I'm going to do what I want. I don't think there's an Oasis without the Smiths. I would probably say that there's no Oasis without a Smiths or a Nirvana. Yeah. Although, although were Oasis starting to do their thing when before Nirvana could be around the same time, yeah, I imagine. So perhaps, but but it probably influenced some of their stuff. I would say, like towards the back end of Nirvana. Yeah. Um, Johnny Marr actually gave the guitar he recorded a lot of this with to Noel Gallagher. No, oh, because he fucking did. And Noel Gallagher broke it and then rang him up and asked if he got another one. <laughs> Which is amazing. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Beatles influence is strong on this one. Um, it's written about uh, Jeff Travis, who was the head of Rough Trade at the time. Oh, um, okay. um, 
he says in one of his lines that he writes such bloody awful poetry, and that was a reference to a poem he'd written for Morrissey that had not got, gone down well with Morrissey. <laughs> um, yeah. So I said, lyrically, this is interesting. It's like, it's obviously sort of a jab at a doubter, but you're saying the Morrissey didn't write it. It was written by, was it written by someone else? Did you say? No, Morrissey oh, wrote Morrissey it. Wrote it. Okay. Uh, Roll Morrissey and Mar. I was going to say every song. So it's obviously about some sort of doubter, but obviously the guy at Rough Trade, it seems, was one of the people that he was taking jabs out here. If he didn't, if it's to do with poetry and stuff, I don't know. Apparently, we tried to get Linda McCartney to play on it, which is interesting. So maybe it is a Paul McCartney. Maybe Paul McCartney. Was I like, think it's. Oh, oh you lads! I've he, got the grannies. Why, why am I saying? Mar- what's the? What is that accent? I've got a granny Indian song. Paul McCartney <laughs> came over and I've got a granny song. Uh, don't right, you, I can't don't do it you want now. To, You're throwing my one off. Yeah, I'm gone. I'm done. Well, <laughs> uh, Smith, Smith, this is Manchester, right? Manchester, yeah, yeah, Manchester. Connection going on. Um, but yeah, I was like, is it about a teacher or a lover or what's it about? Do we know what it's about? Yeah, it's about Jeff Travis for head of Rough Trade. Oh, it's just about that. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, it's just, I think it's, I think at this so point. It is, it's just basically him taking jabs at his boss. Like this album and the, ne- <laughs> and the next one, they're literally just moaning about the label. Like a lot of the songs are about that. Like yeah. fame, fame, fatal, fatal fame is my fa- like the favorite bit of the second verse because it sort of comes in and he does a different vocal line. Yeah. And I love that about like he starts off, it's very like, did, 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 you know, and then the second one, he's got that nice. Yeah. line that sort of counterpoints it and he's really he's really good at that like each like each verse and each chorus will be different you know what i mean like very yeah, very yeah. very very little does fit do things repeat unless it's very intentional and we do repeat which happens a lot as well but like yeah he's very clever with it uh i don't know yeah. if we were talking about that or not <laughs> Okay, I think we were, yeah, so we were saying that um, it's about the dude from Rough, Rough Trade. Trade. Yeah. Because the last line is, oh, give us your money. Yeah. <laughs> it's essentially yeah, yeah, just, okay. give us some more money. That sort of colours that in for me. Um, so, track three, I Know It's Over. Oof. Alex Turner's Bible, apparently, this song. I've written it down as a Morrissey depressophon. Yeah. But this is like, if you listen, if... if you can tell that Alex Turner, in that in that time period where the Arctic Monkeys went from being like a rock band into, into being what they, are, they now. are now, yeah, he went. He was listening to a shitload of this stuff, like because you can just hear it. So as of recording, the Arctic Monkeys are still together, but you know, we'll, we're sort of it's it's touch and go. I think at the moment, I would say. Oh, is it? I've heard, I've heard rumors that they're going to like split up. I mean, is there much more they can do? No, and I think as well, like, they don't seem into it. Like, from what I heard about, like, they, they did a gig at Hillsborough Park, didn't they? And it yeah, was, yeah. like, trash, apparently. And the, the tour was, like, a big stadium tour. And he sang all the lyrics weird, like, off-kilter. Like, for, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, all the big songs, he did He did them all weird. And he's just, he's clearly not asked anymore to do it. I think he wants to do what he's doing now, but you can't just go, F- 
fuck off you've all gotta of make, the... You've got to make the, your money, haven't you? Yeah, fuck off all of the material that I no longer like, that we used to write. Anyway. That everybody else likes. Different, different band. Yes. Similar, I mean, it's, I feel like it's parallels. They, I mean, the Arctic Monkeys have been together, like, about five times as long as the Smiths were, though. Um... So I've said it's like sort of Beatles-y slash sort of 50s rock and roll-y, like in terms of, like, it's like a, there's a specific Beatles song I'm thinking of that is like, Oh Darling. A mm, little bit. It's a bit it's like. It's a ballad. Yeah. Um, it's vocally fantastic, I've put here. Yeah, he's, he's can sing, he sings this one really well and he, He's an underrated singer, I think, actually, Morrissey, in terms of, like, what he can actually do. Oh, yeah. This is what he does do. Yep. Yep. So the chorus chords and guitar is really nice. It's just really, really strong. It's also got some of the most cutting, depressing lines of lyrics. Yep. And then Lyrically, I'm, quite jarring. I'm going to quote, I'm gonna quote the bit I mean, which is, it is about a guy dying. Yeah. A guy on his deathbed. It's, if you're so funny... Then why are you on your own tonight? If you're so clever, then why are you on your own tonight? If you're so very entertaining, then why are you on your own tonight? If you're so good looking, why do you sleep alone tonight? It's like, Jesus Christ. Yep. It's like, fuck. <laughs> you can imagine a dude like, I mean, it's, it's talk someone into suicide shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I kind of feel like this is one of those bands where there's levels, isn't there? And like there's a because there's a there's a guy and he do, he doesn't really do much. There's a guy that I follow on uh, on Instagram where he does these like little they're almost like skits. I've probably sent some across to you at some point because that's all we that's that's our method of communication, isn't it? But, yeah, yeah. Um, where he he like he does reels where it's like set in like usually in like the early to mid nineties when like different music was coming out that was different and stuff and how, how he reacted him and his friends reacted to it. Mm. Oh I yeah. Kind of feel like, that guy, that yeah, yeah. guy. Yeah. Or I kind of feel like you could do the same with this. Like someone would be listening to this and be like, yeah, this is, cool. Into this is so cool. This Why is so cool. You alone and, then, like, and then, and then like, and then they suddenly hear exactly what he's saying. They're like, Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. like, it's like, a, like outer body experience. It's like, Oh, oh fuck. No. <laughs> I've wasted my life. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's the it, this again. Like, despite until you sort of really understand the lyrics, like it's another one of those ones. That it just see it oozes cool. This song. Yeah, it's also very like. I can imagine my sort of like, very Yorkshire dad hearing this coming out of my bedroom, and going, <laughs> like, "What the fuck is this morbid shit?" Get him! Like, it's it's very much pandering to the Morrissey's a cunt. Um, ethos i think yeah, yeah, yeah in terms of sure. oh what a miserable bastard yeah. you know <laughs> like <laughs> oh mother i can feel the soil falling over my head yeah repeated about 10 times at the end of the song like i've also put there's no remo drive without this song probably not remo drive great band won't won't make this podcast but go check them out yep um never had no one ever yeah, I feel Track like it's four. almost like a more upbeat version of the song that's just been. But it's about... Um, this one got attitude. Yeah, it's about how even though he's from Manchester and he's from like a working class 
neighborhood. He never felt like he was comfortable there. Like he never felt um, easy walking around. Like the first. But this is this is what all play. So so like stuff like this, and then like like we discussed at the beginning of the podcast, this assumption that he's a gay man. Yeah, that's that's where yeah, exactly, this that, yeah. this is where that come that that sort of it, exactly the the media sort of and he speculation. Is. He is. Well, apparently he's not. He is, though. (laughs) He just, for for whatever reason, he's never felt like he can, like, openly, like, speak about that. And it's odd. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. um, I mean, maybe he isn't, but if he isn't, it's a weird way to go about living for a long, long, long time. Yeah, yeah, true. You know. Um, And maybe if he did, like, if if he was honest about, like, his sexuality, maybe... You drop all the stuff about like right wing causes and whatever else that he's like done, and and all the sort of showing off and cancelling gigs and all this. Like he'd probably mm. be happier in himself. Probably, you know, who knows? I, I've put here on this song, Mar is exceptional, but it's so subtle that if you don't really know anything about playing guitar, you you wouldn't even fucking notice. It's he does all the like all the keys and all the like synth. Yeah. strings and stuff it's cinematic this song as well i've put here i feel like this one was super cinematic yeah yeah um the drum fills are really good there's some really nice fills which is something that you don't really talk about the drums when it comes to the smiths do you no i mean um, i think the rhythm section like andy rock and um the other guy i don't want to do that to him um the other guy I think Andy Roach died recently as well. So let's say Rip. some horrible things. No, I'm going <laughs> slander him. Um, Andy Roach and Mike Joyce, the drummers. Andy Roach, the bass player. Mike Joyce, the drummer. I think they do an absolutely incredible job. Like, well, they're driving the whole thing. Yeah, like they they don't get a lot of credit, and obviously, um, they sued Morrissey and Ma when the Smiths oh, right. broke up because all the songs were. Written by Morrissey and Marvis is written by the Smiths. So they didn't get any publishing rights. Shit. So they sued, and I think they settled out of court, but then, like, Morrissey wrote lots of, like, horrible songs about them in, in his, solo, <laughs> his solo career. Fuck. So, and that's probably why they never got back together as well. Like, yeah. Because there was a lot, like, he doesn't really, like, do forgiveness. No. He's not, he's not that kind of guy, no. unfortunately. But um, there's some nice, like, whistles and vocal, refer- like, reversed vocals. Yeah, it's... That are just, like, incredible. They just add to the whole thing. Like, can you imagine someone trying to produce the Smiths that weren't Johnny Marr? Like, you, you just wouldn't... Like, you wouldn't have time to do any sort of guidance because he'd just be throwing yeah. everything at the wall and, until it, you know, I mean, that was his I kind process. of feel like this is, this is probably still in a time where I suppose they were on because of the label they were on. They probably had a producer that was a bit more ex- used to people being experimental. Maybe they didn't. They had Morrissey and Mar produced it. Yeah, true. So, so true. They, they had, um, what's his name? But I just mean, Stephen like, Street engineered sorry. it. What I think, what I think I'm getting at is, with it being on rough trade, with it not being like so, you know what I mean, like BMI or Sony or whatever. At the time, if they had a producer, you just said like, imagine trying to produce it. 
it probably would have been someone that's a bit more used to bands like this taking risks and being I guess a bit weird. like but, who was who imagine, was there? Like imagine though, like you are just that like pop music producer and these guys come in, you're in a box and they're like <laughs> they're like a mile outside of the box oh, yeah, that, you're, like, that you're living in. I mean, think about like nineteen eighty eighty six. Like who is there that's doing this? Is it like I don't maybe really like know. Talk, like talking heads and bands like that, I guess. Yeah. But like, it's not the same thing. It's nobody was doing stuff like this, really. No, no one. And I, I would, I would even go as far to say that no one's ever been able to do anything really exactly like this again no. since. No, the Stone Roses are the closest thing that you get, probably. Yeah, pro- yeah. It's, it's not the same because it's not got that same level of like intellect in the lyrics. And- no, yeah, no, no, no. So yeah, I mean, you can't ever. I don't think you could. In a million years, you don't come up with another Morrissey. Mm. And like him or not, he makes the Smiths what they are. Yeah. Cemetery Gates. Spelt wrong because Morrissey struggles with the word cemetery, apparently. So it's printed cemetery. C-E-M-E-T-R-Y. I did not know that. And my web browser has automatically corrected that on my screen, so I wouldn't have noted it. Struggled with that word, apparently. Interesting. Um, I like this one a lot. Yeah, this this was one of the singles, right? Yeah, I think so. Sounds so upbeat, but it's about being in graveyards. Irony and stuff, isn't it? That's what I thought. Yeah, it's like, about wondering about the lives of the people who are dead and yeah. if people still remember them or not. And the answer, as we all know, if you ever walk through a graveyard is no. No, exactly. <laughs> you can tell because... There's only, there's, there's only like, you know, how many graveyards are there with the tombs or burial graves of famous people for whatever reason they're not yeah like, the most famous people get fucking moved to westminster people so <laughs> with the, people with the big like grandiose like obelisks and things no one knows who they are no but, exactly but they thought that at the time that's their legacy before if they did that that would make them remembered and yeah. it doesn't it's no. just an like there's one just up the road from here like a big cemetery full of graves from god knows how long ago like yeah. there's no new graves in there like it's no. just all it's just land that's now just pointless. Might <laughs> me not, not to run to yours in a zombie apocalypse. No, no. I've, <laughs> yeah, I'm, um, I'm buggered. Mm. So lyrics, I'll read some lyrics out because that's sometimes what I do. Uh, so we go, in, <laughs> we go inside and we gravely read the stones, all those people, all those lives, where are they now? With loves and hates and passions just like mine, they were born. And then they lived, and then they died. It seems so unfair. I want to cry. He's not wrong. Mm-hmm. It's very. A lot of his lyrics are very like stream of consciousness, aren't they? Like sometimes, yeah. Sometimes he's very wordplay, and sometimes he's very. Sometimes just, he's just very literal. It's just whatever like, is in, whatever, on his mind at the time. Because it's hard to know when he's singing a metaphor and when he's just saying it how he thinks. Do you know what I mean? It's like sometimes it's very metaphoric. Yes. And he's like saying one thing, but it actually means something completely different. Yeah. And then like in this song, that lyric that you just wrote, that you he's, just read out, like gone there's through absolutely a, no metaphor there. Through a cemetery yeah. In, there's no metaphor there. Song about he's it. literally just saying it as it, as he thinks it, isn't he? But it, again, it's offset with like really lovely, jolly, like music by like Johnny Marr. 
and it's just a, a perfect classic example of what they do and how they do it well. Like, yeah. and if you want, this is really poppy, isn't 30 it? Thirty minutes a- of joy. Watch if it's still on BBC iPlayer. Um, Blossoms and Rick Ashley do this at Glastonbury last year because I would love to see that live. Like, yeah, I feel did. like that's better than the seeing the Smiths on. They did a set. Because it's tongue in cheek a little bit. Because Rick Astley is Rick Astley. He's not gonna. He can't do it like full serious. But he's also a good enough singer to like pull it. Yeah, and he's probably the only guy that has the vocal. They were like his favorite band as well. Yeah, I I think you can tell, and he's probably the closest thing you can get vocally. They'll they'll still do it, and obviously Morrissey and Mar hate that they do that. They hate it, but who gives a fuck? No, exactly. I'd go and watch that. Probably as as much as I'd want to go and see the actual Smiths yeah. if we got back together. Didn't Rick Astley get on stage with the Foo Fighters as well, or is that? I think he did it. Yeah, I think he did at the um... Glastonbury. Yes, he... yeah, he was all over the place, half cut on on Jägermeister. Fucking, <laughs> like he was doing Astley. shots of Jägermeister during the set. Of, go on, go on, he's Rick. He's a badass. I love what Rick a guy. Big mouth strikes again. Yep, another catchy bop. Banger, I've written. Uh, this is when the Smiths are at their best, in my opinion. That's what I said. Yeah, it's it's a classic. It's like the contrast between the lyrics and the melodies. Like you just said, this is what they do best. Yeah, yeah. Um, weird vocal, weird like vocal vocoder sound. That's what I just said the vocal effects are so ahead of their time here. Yeah, so far using ahead. them using them so well. Like I love the line about Joan of Arc, and he says, "And now I know how Joan of Arc felt." Yep. Now I know how Joan of Arc felt as the flames rose to her Roman nose and her Walkman started to melt. And it's like funny as fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it's yeah, yeah. it's like he knows how Joan of Arc felt. Fuck off, Morrissey. I, I put, oh his walk her Walkman's <laughs> melting, that's hilarious. <laughs> you know. I, I put here as well that riff in brackets, the Neville gasm noise. Yeah, so good. So it's, like that. it's like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> Neville, noise. Neville gasm noise. Oh. <laughs> Everything about it, just the whole pop, the whole vibe. Yeah, the, bre- the, the break is, is the only thing, the only negative I have about this is that that break in the sort of the middle eight is maybe a bit too short i think it's yeah even it. like jam out bit yeah, yeah. with like drum the drum like run is so good it sort of feels a little bit like mar either either he's reining himself in a little bit because it's like it feels like it's about to go like full mar yeah <laughs> but it just bling it either it, he's reining himself it, it, in it goes, a bit or goes, morris is just going just fuck off he goes, <laughs> he, he goes full um dude's name the dude from um chic no he goes Nile Nile Rogers. Rogers. fuck yeah Nile Rogers. What a guy. yeah like his son's called Nile by the way oh. so there you go big, big fan yeah okay yeah cool. um anything oh. else on this one i did yeah uh i'm really buzzing off this album so i and I've had a few Guinness, so I'm a little bit like, I'm just a bit like, it's awesome. <laughs> it's really good. So as someone that's podcasted with Paddy on and off for years now, it's like, 
this is Christmas, Paddy. So, yeah, the Christmas. few. So we're coming up to Christmas. I've I don't want a red Santa suit and a beard. I don't want to peel back the. I don't want to peel back the curtain too far and give any exact dates or whatever, but we're in the run up to Christmas. So for the next few episodes, Paddy's probably going to be off. Peel back the podcast foreskin. <laughs> I had to, when you said peel back, it's all, oh, I, it's all no. I could think of. So I had to say it out loud. I'm sorry. Yes. Um, <laughs> it was peel it back and it was a little bit. Of, Stop. A little bit of holly. Stop. Little Christmas cracker. There's a little bit of mistletoe. <laughs> That's it. That's what I meant. Anyway, boy with a phone uh, inside. Yes. It sort of starts as it means as as Big Mouth sort of means to go on, doesn't it? This one. Yeah, I've just said this one is a bit McCartney esque again, but it still it sort of has that boppy feel that we've just come out of, doesn't it? That it's still like upbeat. Like, is this? Is this now side two? Is there? Yeah. Is there a, yeah. So, so side two starts with cemetery gates, does it? Or does it start uh, with big mouth? It ends side one ends cemetery gates. Yeah. Side two. So starts you can big sort of tell here. This there's a definite shift, isn't there? The second half of the album's actually way more accessible, in it's, my opinion. It's Michael Jackson thriller side two, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's way more accessible. It's way more upbeat. It's poppier. Why do they do that? Why do they like boppy? They all do that. It's like you've got to pay your dues. You've got to eat your veg before you can. I kind eat of your feel meat. like there's an element, a little bit, where side A is probably the side that the band likes better. Yeah, mate. Yeah, could and be. they're like, we want, we want. You know, they fight to have like the songs that they really like. Yeah, on, all that, on, that, on that, that A first, side. That first side. And then the B side is like the record label going, now just give us some fucking songs that everyone's going to dance to in the club, all right? I was actually, that was my note that I forgot about Big Mouth is that it's the one that you hear in indie clubs the most of all the Smith songs because it's a dancey song. And the rest of it... I don't know, it's I like think more, This Charming Man comes on yeah, in indie clubs. Yeah, This Charming moments. Man and Big Mouth Strikes Again are the two because they're like up-tempo. Yeah. And they don't do a lot of that, really. No. They don't, which is what that that was sort of the point I was getting at at the beginning, where I was saying like, if you think that this charming man is the Smiths, then you're probably hella mistaken, and you should give it a give it yeah. a crack because they're not actually like that at all, really, except for here, except for Big Mouth. But um, because I I put in my notes here, I just said this is a two sider for sure, has to be. It's like two different albums. Yeah, yeah. it's on the um, re- on records, no. Or tapes. One slow and ploddy, and then one more energetic. Yes. Agreed. Um, what did they say about the boy with the fun in his sight? Um, they said, Johnny Marr said, when we did it, I was elated. We did this in a little 16-track demo studio in Manchester, which proves the point. You don't need a lot of technology to do something pretty good. It looked... It's the song and the emotion inside it that matters. So that's interesting that they didn't... This album, this song, they didn't record it in a big studio. No. They just did it... Just did it in a little... In a recording, in a little rehearsal space kind of thing. I mean, 16 tracks. Still quite a lot for a four-piece, isn't it? (laughs) Like, it's four tracks each. They'll bounce shit down as well, I bet. Like, you know, like... That's what you used to have to do, and if you had, like, a four-track mixer... You'd yeah, do, you you'd would. Do, you would put it to you'd put it to tape, and right? And then you'd tape that down to one of the tracks, like bounce it all into one, and then do it again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Oh, the good old days! No, it's terrible. Like, I never had any of that anyway. Like I could never afford any of it. 
you know, like if, even like a full a full, full track. track like mixer yeah. with like a cassette in it. No. Um, but yeah, um, I think the verse on this song is brilliant. Like it's so it's really long, but it sort of it builds and it like yeah. I don't Definitely. know. It's so singable. It's so sing alongable. If you know it, like it's just you just want to sing along with him. Um, I'd love to be in like Latin America when he where he plays <laughs> when he does this live because that's literally he just literally tours Latin America now. <laughs> well, if you could though, you would, right? I go to like I go to like Mexico City <laughs> and watch Morrissey in a heartbeat. No, I just mean if if you could get by in life by just playing a bunch of songs that you wrote forty to, years ago in, in Latin America in around Latin America, you fucking would. Oh yeah, you? Why that's, all, that's literally do all he that? does. He lives in he lives in LA. Um. Where he's also he's also a god bear as well, like the sort of yeah, like Latin community yeah, think, in 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 LA love Morrissey for some reason. I think I think a lot of America. I I think I think British people sort of. I don't think Americans perhaps hate on him as much as British people do. I kind of feel like us no. Brits us Brits are all a bit like oh fucking this guy again. Whereas like in America, like hey, it's Morrissey. He's cool. Yeah, like, oh, cool. He's like, cool. This charming man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, He's like, hello. I'm Morrissey. I, I, I kind of think like this, this like the side B to this album is a bit like get drunk and have a little jig, isn't it? It is, yeah. Which is amplified with um, the Keep It Light classic, Vicar in a Tutu. <laughs> my, my notes here. This one is maybe a bit too far for me. I've put silly Billy too, Morrissey. Yeah, it's a bit too jolly. Guitar stuff is Beatles again. In fact, and then I just, in fact, this, this could legitimately just be a Beatles song, actually. Johnny Marr said, we had so many big songs on this album, we thought it would be okay to come up with a couple of things that were a little bit more throwaway. It's more of, it's one of, it's not one of my favorites, but it was a laugh and it made a change from trying to change a fucking world. Is what he said about this one. Kind of feel like Mars in there, and he's like, "Dude, come, can we can just do about? something a bit more fun, please?" Yeah, or stop be- talking about people dying, mate. Like, let's just let's just be silly for a bit, shall we? Yeah, um, poking fun at religion, apparently. Celebrity, celebrity, individuality. Yeah, I've just got my notes are silly, silly Billy Morrissey, campy fifties rock. Yeah. That's about it. I just sort of, yeah, my, my, my main note is like, I, I now cannot stop hearing the Beatles and everything. Yeah. Um, fucking and Beatles. I think the one thing that I'm slowly coming to having to come to terms with is from doing this, but mainly from doing this podcast is all these albums from like the past that we're listening to. Now, whenever I listen to a piece of music, I'm like, Oh, they, they totally listened to a lot of that when they were, yeah, you can sort of start. You <laughs> when start they were growing up, you like, start seeing lineages, don't you? Yeah, like, it's like, oh yeah, well I can hear the Beatles in that, and then I can hear a bit of I like the Smiths in that, and then I, oh yeah, I can definitely hear where they they probably were influenced by. Nirvana. And it's like, oh fuck, <laughs> like it all just not to make work for myself, but I might make a little graphic of like little arrows go- going off for Beatles into like all the different, and then like, don't do it. You know, I could see about getting very big and. Yeah. So, there is a light that never goes out. Oh, it's 
their most ah. pl- it's their most played song on Spotify. The mo what what their most song? Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant the most played no, song. No, Spotify. No, no. I was like, how the fuck has that happened? Um, I just but ah, the moment we've all been waiting for. This is a classic for a reason. Yeah. Catchy chord progression, rasping Morrissey at his best, and the chorus is iconic. The strings, the way the rhythm skips along. This song epitomizes everything cool about the Smiths. Discuss. Well said, yeah. I think it's one of my all-time, on my ten fingers, favorite songs of all time. Oh, okay. I would say. Okay. It's like almost like play it at my funeral sort of levels. I really, really like this song. Uh, it's a great funeral song as well, yeah, to be fair, because yeah. it's sort of like... Not ironic, but it would be ironic at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's a lot in it. Like, you can read it how you want to read it. Um, and I've sort of said that, like, it's very, like... I think they probably have a lot of meanings, and, and Morrissey means certain things when he writes things. Yeah. But songs like this, you can sort of adapt to a lot of different things and sort of... Yeah. It can remind you of a time when you first heard it or when you were going through some stuff or yeah. whatever else. And, like... Is this, I wonder, do we know what this song was actually about? Has um, Morrissey ever eluded or not? Let me see what, what has been said on this Far Out Magazine article. <laughs> um, well, well, Paddy's just, just looking that up. So, oh, okay, no, I'll save it. So, so the intro is nicked from the Rolling Stones covering Marvin Gaye's Hitchhike, apparently. This is Mrs. Mars, so we're not going to get any new insight. Um, this is Mars. Mar, Mar, Mar had no like, idea what was I'm going. Just fucking banged <laughs> out. I'm just playing some guitar, mate. Played some really cool guitar, guitar and, mate. Yeah, yeah, mate. Went and told. Uh, I forgot his, his wife's name. Never mind. Um, I've read his autobiography, so I know all his like family's okay. names. That's why. Um, yeah, I don't know. I. I it's great. <laughs> no, but I just, no, I think, I think, I think I'm just like, is it about, is it about someone else and the way that somebody else feels? Is it about the way Morrissey? Yeah, it's, it's, I know. This is, this is, is as close to sort of a love a song, song as you're going to get, gonna get from, him. From, him, from him, right? Um, is it from like the perspective of like people he knows or is it like... Um, yeah. Cause is it about two people that love each other to the point where to, they'd yeah. be happy to... Die, or, or did Morrissey love someone? No, but I know. He would claim it's, that he doesn't and he never has. Have you seen so, the um, biopic about Morrissey? No, like? I didn't know there was one. I'm not sure I would watch it though, to be fair. So it's a weird film because it's, yeah. it starts as him as like a young boy and then it ends when with he, him as a young when boy. He not, when Johnny Marr knocks on his door to start the Smiths. Oh, right. And okay. That's it. So there's no Smiths in it. I kind of like that though, because that's that's sort of not the interesting. I I feel like that's probably not the interesting yeah, I mean, part. Yeah, you know you know the story, don't you? From there, I guess. But yeah, yeah and he almost joined the cult. Oh really? Yeah. Um, and they moved to London without him, and they, play, <laughs> and they, they, they placed him. And then Johnny Marr came knocking. And then he got depressed. He got like clinically depressed for like a period, an extended period of time. Well. Know? Fuck the cult because who's bigger now? <laughs> they have that one song, don't they? Sanct- Sanctuary, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, is that the. Can you imagine which Morrissey is... singing that? Sorry, which one is that? 
Oh my god, is that that? Is that that song? Yeah. Yeah, I can actually picture Morrissey yeah, singing that. Bit, yeah, actually. Yeah. Anyway, they can uh, sound so a bit like um, like shit misfits. <laughs> I guess the Smiths and the Misfits. I actually guess the Smiths and the, the Misfits. In a weird way, there's some weird parallels the there. The Smiths. The Smiths. That'd be the best. Oh my god! Cover bands, dancing and Morrissey together, Doing like like eye makeup and like quiffs. <laughs> Who the fuck is still in it's the Misfits now, it's by quiff, the way? But then with the spike Glenn, down Glenn the face. Danzig is not. No, he was like, he's like his, he was like his own thing. Now, right? Yeah, he, he left, and then we did that one in the early two thousands that we brought out. Know, I, had I don't it. fucking know, mate. And it was a bit more sort of thrashy. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, Smith, I just uh, my, one of these things is I've just said. If you don't like this one. Just go home. Yeah, you'll is, never like. It's not them. for you, is it? If you don't like this, Morrissey probably won't win you over with his personality. <laughs> so no, it's not. It's not, not going to. If you don't like this song, just it's not going to be bothered if up. you like it or not. Really, just give up. Uh, is this probably the most bittersweet written chorus ever? Yeah, quite possibly. It's perfect. It's like this. We we stumble upon these songs every now and again on this like list on these albums, and this is one of those songs that is like perfect. Like if you were to do a compilation yeah. album of the songs we've done so far, this one's on it. I may do that. I think I think we may. I think we do a wrap up at the at the end of this like, first like run of the greatest hits of the greatest hits kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a great, really good actually, and all the ones that we like sort of quote-unquote bum because <laughs> i can't think of <laughs> i can't i can't think of a better way to put it we, the ones we, we really like we, we from, put we put on here yeah, yeah on, so we probably on that, pick one on song list. from each album yeah um or not we don't have to but it probably probably makes sense to do that yeah um and then it ends with an absolute classic which is some girls are bigger than others yeah I, I've put here though. Is, so when when did Dire Straits become a thing? It's before this. So I just said, is it is it chicken and egg here? Like which one came first? No, Dire Straits is like seventies. So I think. Johnny Johnny Marr then. Really, I thought they were eighties. No, I think like so I've got their first well, album. Nothing it's was like eighties, like right? Yeah, but they did like yes. Salt in the Swing and stuff like that. Was like oh, really seventy six or something? Okay. like Okay. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of that in the guitar on this on this song, but again, is is Knopfler doing um, Nile Rodgers? You know what I mean? Like, is it? It's, yeah. it's all tied. It's all tied in, isn't it? And like that sort of evolution, which probably is, it might be, but I don't think you that's... call it evolution. I call it stealing cultural things from black, from black people. people. Yeah, which is kind of all all music. All music comes from white people black and then he's stolen by white guys with bandanas yeah <laughs> basically yeah which is kind of sad really when you think about it isn't it it's with bandanas stolen by white guys in bandanas your bandana is like uh, no it's a bandana like actually a, actually it wouldn't surprise me if native american people were the yeah. first people that had bandanas so again still probably stolen culturally stolen so God damn us, white people. Bandanas are um, Indian. It's kerchief. Fuck. It's Indian. It's Hindi. 
course it Fumbus is. Fumbus great a bond. So yeah. Fuck's sake. So we stole bandanas as well. Can't have anything nice. Well, we can. We can. We, we pinched it. <laughs> can't have all these nice things without feeling fucking bad about it. The less you know, the better, everybody. Ignorance yeah. is bliss. If you've got a conscience. <laughs> So yeah, so, so um what about bigger girls have they stolen like no. I think we we pretty Yeah, so so pretty this good is, at making them. This is a this is a, a weirdly like a weird end, isn't it? Because it's just like such a political jab. Can we talk about the weird volume dip at the start? Where you think you, f- you think your stereo is broken and then it 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 comes back up again. What's that all about? Every single version Honestly, of this song I've ever know. heard. Is, yeah, yeah, it'll, it it'll well. be intentional. It'll have been some. It'll have either been like a thing they did in the mastering on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Or something that happened and then they're like, "Oh fuck it." Yeah, it could be. Um, I've just said a lot of this record has has been quite personal. So it's it's written about something that Morrissey. His first, he's not not necessarily experiencing it firsthand, is he? But it's very much his opinion on something that's at least people that he knows. Like he's talking about stuff. Whereas this song, I think it falls into like um, the Vicar in a Tutu thing of let's just do some because yeah, cause this the album's just, got just so, like a bit so of a, many really serious weird, like statement. It's got so many really serious songs that we probably just thought let's just do a couple of like really throw away the daft songs and this is and they've just how, hey, how, how else do you follow can we, um, do, can we just end it with a with a bit of a fun one please, <laughs> yeah so i'll sing about fat girls okay <laughs> and then it's got like a i do like about it it's got like a sort of very 80s echo effect yeah when he says um some mothers some some girls are bigger than others, others, others. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. very like, it's very like something like, it's like Rockwell slash Michael Jackson all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really weird, isn't it? Like out of nowhere. And it's, it's got like a very 80s bop sort of yeah. pop vibe to it. Absolutely. Versus all the others. Um, Morris, uh, Mars buzzing off it. He says, it's he, he, he fucking loves the silly stuff. And, and he just says, it's the only guitar part I still play on the guitar. If I'd, don't play my old tunes around my house, but if I'm trying out, out guitars, I'll play it. So it's like his version of the stair, of stairway. stairway. <laughs> they will play some of some girls are bigger is, than others. Isn't stairway the forbidden song? Yeah, you can't play stairway in, in, in guitar shops because everyone does it. <laughs> do you think we'll ever do um, whichever Led Zeppelin album that is? Isn't the album still? Isn't it? Isn't the album? It's, they're all isn't numbered, the aren't they? It's like Zeppelin oh, yeah, 1, true. 2, 3, 4. Um, I don't, I don't know, really maybe. know how I feel about Led Zeppelin. I feel like it's not aged well. No, I kind of feel like they're probably due on, on to be on the list at some point. You're yeah. going to get there eventually, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll probably we'll get there. But yeah, that, that, brings, so us that brings us to the close, yeah. so end of the album. This one's been a longer one. Like This is this is going to be almost as long as, as episode one, I think. I think it's the longest episode. So, I'll probably just round this off quickly. Uh, I just said, it's not a listen, whatever the mood type record. I feel like I have to be in, in the correct sort of 
it's mood. A, it's a good commute. This. It's a good commute album. If you, yeah. if you guys take public transport, it's a good one. It's a very like, it makes mm-hmm. you feel a certain way. Uh, but I've said, this is right in my wheelhouse. Yes. So I'm not sure how it took me until the year, uh, well, age 34 to listen to this album in its entirety. The first half is not as strong as the second half. No. But there's just so much there to enjoy. Um, yeah, this is fucking great. <laughs> yeah. This is un- underplayed, it's, everybody. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, the Smiths, when I started collecting vinyl a couple of years ago, they were like discography of the Smiths and discography of... Say it with me. No. S- I won't say it. Steely Steely Dan. Dan. Um, were the two that I wanted to, to have and collect, and, and I've got it. We only made four albums, so it was pretty easy to do. But I also, fun story, I stumbled upon all of, someone must have just sold all their Smiths albums, because I got, I went no. to, I went to the used section in, in Record Junkie, in the mall shout out Record Junkie, and um, they were just all just four, all, all four of the Smiths albums, like 80s original versions, just, just chilling. Wait, is that the original? That's no, that one isn't. Oh, I was gonna say, shit. Are we? Or is it? Have we got the original no, I think version I've, of this I've album? Got, no, I've, I've got original "Meat Is Murder" and original "Strange Ways." Here we come, and the original "Rank" the live album. But then I think I've got the first album and this one reissue. So there you go. Everyone knows now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Useful knowledge for the one hour and one minute episode if you're already still listening to my record collection updates why <laughs> and on okay. that note on that note yeah you agree yeah I'm, oh yeah I don't it's, need to ask. it's it's it, they're like one of my like like columns of like musical influences of mine like i just i love the smiths yeah cool well there we go if anyone wants to get in touch have you got an album that you really love that everybody else is like man i'm not bothered about that shit let us know yep we'll do we it will we'll read it if you if you re- if you email us we will read it we might even read it out on this but don't let that put you off and we also might do an episode covering the album you suggest yes it's all possible it's you know anyth- we can't promise anything's possible can't promise I'm not going to say if you send me the Barbie soundtrack, for instance, that I'm going to say, yeah, we'll we'll cover that. If you want to, if, if, if you want to come on and 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 stick up for it, just let's do it. Let's do it, pal. Whoever you are, come come along. Maybe maybe on maybe on Zoom though. <laughs> I don't want you to come to my house. <laughs> I was waiting for you to sort of backtrack on that. <laughs> I was like, as you were saying it, I was like. He realizes that maybe if we get enough, we'll do a phone in. Oh, phone in episode! Hell yeah! It's gonna get a few more listeners first. Anyway, as always, I've been Tom. I've been Paddy, and this has been Underplayed or Overrated. See you. Bye.